Welcome to Piedmont Arts. I'm Rachel Stewart. The Charlotte Symphony has just announced its 2023-24 season, and it's filled with variety and diversity across all the series, classical, pops, movie, and family. The season features several big names, puts some Charlotte Symphony musicians in the spotlight. It blurs genre boundaries and provides a lot of opportunities for members of our community to access the music. And here to talk about it is CSO President and CEO David Fisk. So, David, thanks for for being on Piedmont Arts today. Pleasure. Thanks for having me again. So I think there's a little bit of a buzz about this season. You just announced it uh, as of this recording about four days ago, I think. And it does seem like it's more adventurous than any season you've had yet. And I'm assuming that was intentional. (laughs) You want to (laughs) talk a little bit about how it came together? Sure. Well, we're always excited by the possibilities when you sit down and plan a new season. But what was different about this season is because we're currently without a music director, as you know, it was a chance for the musicians to have a greater voice and to come up with some ideas from within the orchestra the pieces that some of the players have been wanting to play for a long time that they thought would help continue to build the sound of the orchestra, to build the ensemble, and that the audience would really enjoy. So many of the pieces that are being played on the classical series are there because they've been suggested from within the orchestra, which I think is very cool. So this was a committee, right, that made this decision? There's a committee musician called the Artistic Advisory Committee, and we consult them on all kinds of matters to do with venue and rehearsals and scheduling and all that kind of thing. Um, but also, of course, who we have as guest artists and what pieces we should play. You don't have a music director right now. How do you you think this will change the process going forward to work this way? Well, it was there before, but absent a music director, it gave the musicians more of a voice than usual. And I hope that that will continue whenever we do have a new music director in place. And we also, of course, have our wonderful resident conductor, Christopher James Lees, who has a voice in the programming with our artistic staff as well. And he was on that committee, I think, wasn't he? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So one thing that I noticed is that the season seems designed to provide opportunities for all kinds of people, regardless of their age, their ethnic background, maybe even their socioeconomic background. It seems like there's more more opportunities to get to the music, depending, you know, no matter where you're coming from. That's certainly our goal. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you saw it in what we were trying to do with the different kinds of series that we have, classical, family, movies, pops, specials. Within each of the series, we're hoping to attract folks of all ages. And we think about what are the barriers. So we are trying to keep the prices down all the time. We always want to try to have cheap tickets available. And one of the differences this coming season from the season we're now in is that we're adding in Sunday afternoons for the classical series and are making it free for kids of 18 and younger to come again, removing barriers and hopefully introducing younger listeners for the first time to this wonderful music that we all we all love. How do you let them know that these tickets are available, some of these you know, fa- young families? Well, we'll do it a lot through our um, social media advertising, as well as through the subscription brochures and the other ways that we have. And the word will spread. Yeah, I think that this is something that uh, we at WDAV think about a lot, is how, to, how do you reach those new audiences? And it's not always straightforward. No, but um, we have um, kids listening to WDAV as well. So anybody hearing we this, we're hearing it for the first time, perhaps. So this is a new opportunity available. Yes. Well, can you talk about some of the um, 
some of the uh, the concerts that are coming up in any of this any of the series that uh, you particularly are excited about or you know think might actually reach some new people i'll give you some um personal favorites if you like from the classical series as well as i think what i think all of us would be recommending and you'll see that the way that the series is constructed there is pretty much a major work that's well known on every program then we have some really cool pieces that aren't well known that really should be that complement the classical favorites I'm a pianist, and so I'm really looking forward to hearing the piano concertos we've got coming up next year, especially Rachmaninoff's third piano concerto, but also um, Chopin's uh, second concerto, which is in the second classical concert. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to hearing our musicians playing as soloists. It's um, not unusual for Colleen Lupanu to have a concerto on the classical series, of course. Um, but we also, this year, have a trumpet concerto, which you don't get to hear very often. Alex Wilborn is somebody who we've been wanting to showcase as a trumpet soloist for quite some time. And it's great to have wonderful soloists from within the orchestra being given their moment in the sun, if you like. We have also great choral pieces. It's the 150th anniversary of the writing of the Verdi Requiem. And we're really pleased to be able to have that in the fall. But another program that I'm really looking forward to has a watery theme to it. Britain's opera, Peter Grimes, one of the great operas of all time, uh, really speaks to me because I grew up very close to where Benjamin Britten lived. And the four C interludes from Peter Grimes just showcase the wonderful writing of Benjamin Britten for orchestra. But we're following that with an unknown piece by the Welsh composer Grace Williams with C sketches. And then Vaughan Williams, his first symphony, which is subtitled The Sea Symphony, again with chorus. That's a great, great program. And a lot of fun to hear the different depictions of the sea through the, the voices of these different um, British composers with Christopher Warren Green conducting. He'll be in his element. And talking of sort of themes, we don't do that for every single program, but there are a couple of other themes that are worth pointing out. Holsts the Planets, audience favorite, finishes the season. And we're pairing that with Caroline Shaw, North Carolinian composer, her piece, The Observatory, and a piece by one of our own, one of our own musicians again, Jeremy Lamb, one of our cellists, wrote a piece, and I'm going to get the, I'm going to mangle the pronunciation of this, so I apologize to him and to you all, um, a ride on Womwomwa, which was one of the first known objects crossing the solar system, I believe, to have been discovered. And another pairing with a thematic element to it, great music by Wagner, the prelude and Liebestod from Tristan und Isolde uh, is being paired with Richard Strauss's Death and Transfiguration. So it might seem a pretty gloomy thing, but actually it's more about the undying nature of love rather than the mortal nature of love. And I think those two pieces, which are in the program that also has the trumpet concerto in it, um, is a program that people really need to come and hear because to hear the strings of the Charlotte Symphony in those gorgeous late romantic pieces is going to be very special. And um, a couple of other things to point out, the soloists that we've got, uh, we begin the season with Renee Fleming. Yes. All the way to start, coming back for our gala. And I'm also very pleased that she'll be doing a seminar while she's here around music and the brain. She's fascinated by the research into the impact that music has on the treatment of many different ailments, but including 
those associated with uh, behavioral therapy and anything to do with the brain, really. And more recently, she's got into the space around the way that breathing can help with the treatment of long COVID. So I think that um, it's going to be very, very interesting to have her here for that, as well as, of course, there's one opportunity to hear her sing Strauss's Four Love Songs and um, some other wonderful opera arias and Broadway songs on the 20th of September. But some of the other solos we have coming, um, Melissa White, who's here doing the opening of the classical series, the Butterfly Lovers Concerto. Um, we have other violin soloists than Colleen. We have Jennifer Coe playing a new commission by the living composer, Missy Mazzoli, uh, the violin concerto called Procession. Gosh, there is so much, isn't there? I should also mention what will be a blockbuster program, which is the pairing of Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue with American in Paris. And we're also by the same soloist, Michelle Kahn, having her play Florence Price's Piano Concerto One One Movement. And one of the, you mentioned diversity, one of the things that we're very glad to be able to do is to showcase music under heard in previous years by African-American composers. Throughout the season, you're hearing pieces by women composers and you're hearing pieces by composers of color that haven't been heard and should have been heard. And we're kind of setting the record straight, if you like, by now having the chance to hear them now. You're also bringing in, I think, more musicians of color as soloists as well. That's right. And one of those is on the is on the pop series, uh, Regina Carter, who's a fantastic African-American jazz violinist. And I'm really happy that we can have the chance to have her here in Charlotte. And she's going to amaze our audiences by her astonishing quality. And then the fun uh, continues on the movie series with um, Elf in concert. And we continue the Star Wars series with The Force Awakens. And for those who like a little bit of horror when they're fun, then Jaws, <laughs> great summer tradition as it's now become. That's a fantastic score. And, you know, who could imagine being scared were it not for that <laughs> moment? It wouldn't be the same, that movie, without that music behind it. That's right. John Williams, stroke of genius there, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Can you say a, a little bit about, um, I, I know you're you're not announcing the music director for a bit, but I'm curious, uh, so what are you looking for in your next music director? You know, after looking at this season and the way it was put together and and that sort of thing, are you looking for the next music director to really come in and, and keep this theme going? Well, I'll answer it this way. A music director is more than simply a conductor. They have first and foremost to be a fantastic conductor who's going to inspire our musicians who will in turn inspire our audiences. And they do that as a conductor by what they do on the stage, by the chemistry they create as well with the musicians and with the audience. And that chemistry with the musicians is done without speaking. The chemistry with the audience is a combination of the audience watching what's happening, listening to what's happening on stage, but also being able to hear the conductor communicate through words as well. And that translates also off the podium into the role of the music director beyond the concert hall. And so we're also looking for a leader for this organization who is going to be a passionate advocate for the place of music in our world today and the place of the Charlotte Symphony in Charlotte Mecklenburg. And we want somebody who's gonna be very, very committed, not just to performing great music, 
but also to perpetuating that love of music to the next generation and developing audiences. So we're not going to appoint somebody if they're not really committed to music education and to um, community engagement and to taking our music into every part of the city and to working with others to do that, since so much of our best work is done through partnerships. Uh, so that is one way of looking at who the next music director is going to be, but also somebody who brings their own passion to music making. And through the guest conductors that we've been having for the last couple of years, you're getting a sense for what the next generation of conductors is going to bring to the role of music director. Um, they are all very conscious of the importance of promoting orchestras. And I think they've all been very lucid and very um, charismatic in the way they've been communicating with our audiences. So I'm very optimistic with whoever it is, is going to be a great pick. And I'm looking forward very much to having a new partner to work with in making sure that the Charlotte Symphony feels really relevant and valuable to this whole population, not simply to those that we're serving today. Yeah, it, it seems that, <clears throat> like, for example, Renee Fleming's Music in the Mind, the, you know, the way that she's taking music and, and applying it to some other arena that's not traditionally been thought of, that that would be the kind of opportunities um, not just with Renee Fleming, of course, but that would, you know, the Charlotte Symphony could uh, capitalize on those ideas. Actually, WDAV could probably think outside the box in that way to create programs or partnerships that allow you to to go and apply music in new ways and affect people in different ways. That's right. We're, we're very open to those ideas, um, as well as being really committed to the traditional partnerships we've had of playing for the ballet, playing for the opera working with the Master Chorale and having great partnerships with churches and schools. But I, I do see new opportunities all the time for us to be making music in different ways and applying our music in the way that you've just described, for example. And um, in partnerships with folks like the Blumenthal, we are exploring immersive musical um, possibilities as well with a grant from the Knight Foundation for the next three years. Um, so that's in the design phase at the moment. But watch the space because that could be something very cool that comes out um, in the coming year or so. Yeah, well, keep us posted. Anything else that, that uh, you want to cover about the upcoming uh, season? I mentioned um, most of what we're doing, but I didn't touch on the family series. So just a word or two about that and about a couple of the specials that we've got. The family series on Saturday mornings at the Night Theatre are very popular and it gives us a chance also to have some fun. So the, the first concert there is Sherlock Holmes in the case of the missing maestro, uh, mystery thriller there, uh, through music, which will be a lot of fun. But we also you, have... You should reveal the new music director at that concert. That's a very good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see if I can work that in. And then we also have somebody who um, is made famous by TikTok, Cody Fry, who is now Nashville-based, has Charlotte connections because his father, Gary Fry, is somebody we work with a lot as a composer and arranger. And uh, Gary's son, Cody, um, has taken um, the music world by storm, sells out wherever he appears with his fusion sort of popular songs and orchestration. Look him up as a TikTok sensation. He's, he's a very cool guy. And he's with us in October. Another special we've got is the return of Cirque 
in December. We haven't rolled out all of our holiday offerings yet. There are still more to be finalized in them. But uh, it was I just find so fascinating because those artists are so clever and can do things I couldn't possibly imagine doing myself. And you're talking so about fun to watch them. Cirque de Noël, is that what they call it? Or are they are Sorry. they, are they an yeah. offshoot of Cirque du Soleil or are they their own thing? They their own thing, but in the great Cirque tradition that yes. Cirque du Soleil is one of the greatest exponents of. That all sounds great. And again, I want to thank you for taking some time to talk about the season that's coming up next year. Um, a lot of offerings there for a lot of different people, I think. So congratulations on that. And uh, <clears throat> we'll be waiting with bated breath to hear who the new music director is going to be. I know you're not letting us know how long we have to wait or any of that. but Yeah, so pace yourself with the holding of that breath. Um, <laughs> and so much more to look forward to in the meantime, because we've got a lot of this season still to go. True. And in a couple of weeks' time, we'll be announcing our summer series at South Park, at Symphony Park at South Park, uh, with uh, programs there for the month of June. So, again, appealing to a family audience, I, I will give you a, a preview that it will include music by John Williams, and it will have other family movie, movie scores in it, and lots of wonderful music to be shared there in the great outdoors. All right. Well, thank you so much. I'm talking to David Fisk, who is the president and CEO of the Charlotte Symphony, and uh, you're listening to Piedmont Arts. David, thank you again for being our guest. My pleasure. Thanks a lot, Rachel.